Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Satan tries to keep people from this book, and he's done a very good job. But it's an awesome book because it reveals Jesus Christ in all the future. What you have in front of you tonight is not some bizarre book. What you have in front of you tonight is God's mind to us. It is 100% God-proof, and it's to us. Now, not only does this book reveal Jesus, but it's going to reveal to us all the future of the world. Scripture tells us, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Sometimes parts of Scripture can be confusing or vague, but if you're open to hearing from the Father, you will. As we'll hear today, the book of Revelation is relevant to everyone, even non-believers. It's a book not only about prophecy, but about Jesus, and about obedience and preparation. We can take comfort in the fact that Jesus lives and is coming again. Even though some of the revelations are mysterious, He does have a plan. It reveals more about the character of God in light of everything that has come before, because He is, He was, and He is to come. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 1, for our continuing study entitled, A Promised Blessing. these things as we go through the book of Revelation tonight will have great relevance to us. But in John's days, and up to those days, some of these things were impossible to understand. I mean, who can think of flesh melting off of people and whole cities just being destroyed in a flash? And we know because we have the atomic bombs and things today that that's not hard for us to understand. In those days, I was listening to a story recently, the Wright brothers' father was a pastor. And he basically said, in one of his predictions, one of his sermons is, man will never fly. (laughs) His sons are out there going, okay, dad, whatever. (laughs) And see, I mean, if we didn't have it, if you turn to Revelation 17 and it says, and the jet plane went through and dropped a bomb. John would have said, what what do these words mean? Okay, all right, jet plane and drop a bomb. meant nothing. So what do we have? We have symbols. The other thing that's neat with symbolism, it's never weakened by time. So the key is to try to figure out the symbols. That will be the fun as we go through it. Now, though the book of Revelation is filled with signs and symbols, it is understandable. And it's especially given to those of us who have studied the Bible. And here's something very interesting to you. Some of you, and it will be very interesting to me when we finish, although most of you have learned better, you're doing well. Some people aren't into the Old Testament, like... Old Testament, yeah, I'm going to say the Old Testament. If I said after this, well, I'm only going to do eight verses tonight. Next week, we're going to do the book of Psalms for a year. Think we'd have to set up chairs? I hope we would. Because the book of Psalms is an awesome book. How about the book of Proverbs? That'd be great. Yeah. Well, why am I saying that? Here's why. The book of Revelation is rooted in the Old Testament. Listen. It contains more than 500 allusions to the Old Testament. 
278 of the 404 verses in Revelation, almost 70% make some reference to the Old Testament. So those of you that have never delved in the Old Testament, you're what? Already at a disadvantage. But don't stop coming. It'll challenge you to be part of the Old Testament when we go through it. So 70% of what we'll talk about has solution. Now we'll go back to them. We're going to go back to a couple of them tonight for you. And you'll have to hunt and peck like I do. You know, Zechariah, where is that little book? And we'll we'll walk through it. Now, verse (laughs) 2. We made it. (laughs) Who testifies, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. So here we have, and it's very simple, the chain of communication. How did this book really happen? Well, God the Father gave it to Jesus who gave it to an angel, who gave it to John, who finally has given it to us, to the person of the Holy Spirit. So we will see John, many visions, talking to angels, and these are things that John actually saw. It's a revelation to John. It's not like he had this double pepperoni pizza and went to bed and thought up these dreams and he's just writing these weird things down to us. This is an actual book of revelations that God gave supernaturally to John. Now, John didn't understand much of this. He just wrote it down. You can understand as we go through how he couldn't have understood much of this. Verse 3. This is a great verse. Blessed, or happy, or joyful, or fulfillment, is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it, And take it to heart, you might behind that just put the words obey, what is written in it, because the time is near. Now religious people look at the book of Revelation in a lot of different ways. Some of you tonight may be prophecy junkies. And that's okay. I don't have a problem with that, but let me explain. Some prophetic people that I know are unbalanced. Their whole life is spent in a few select books of God's Word. And they're experts in prophecy. And I I think that's great. I don't have a problem with being an expert in prophecy. But you shouldn't just be an expert in prophecy. You should be an expert in all the books of the Bible. And you will be an unhealthy person if all your focus is only on the book of Revelation. Now usually you'll have a few of those and maybe you won't come back after dinner. I hope you do. Because you're unbalanced. And you need to realize that the rest of the Word of God applies to you just as much as the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel, Zechariah, whatever you want to go to, Isaiah. All the Bible, Second Timothy, all the Scripture is inspired and is profitable for doctrine. So you'll be good, and I'm sure I'll hear from you in the email and lots of neat things. Go ahead. I'm open. I'm teachable. I'm ready. We're going to learn a lot more than just the book of Revelation as we go through it. It's going to be an exciting book. Second, remember, the focus of the book is what? Jesus. Second, some of you are afraid to read it. Some of you have been raised in a church that said, do not open this book. Here's a good thing. Here's a test for you. And I want you to do it. And then email me or call the office or, well, don't call call the office. Email me. We have a million phones. Ask some people at work tomorrow. Just take a little survey. How many of you have ever studied the book of Revelation? Just ask people. And then just write in and say, well, ask 12 people and two did or whatever. It would be interesting to me to see 
Because that's going to be very interesting. See, many people, many churches tonight say, don't even open the book. It's, it's a closed book. Don't open it. No, it isn't a closed book. Now, then some people say, well, it's impossible to read this book. There's too many signs and symbols, too many weird things. Plus, this part of the Bible couldn't apply to my life. You know who was in that camp? Martin Luther. Listen. Martin Luther says this. My spirit cannot adapt itself to the book of Revelation. And a sufficient reason... And this is sufficient reason why I don't esteem it highly is because in this book, Christ is neither taught nor recognized anywhere in it. <laughs> this is Martin Luther. Was Martin Luther wrong? 100% wrong. Now, he's right in a lot of other areas. Praise God for that. But that shows us what? That we need to be teachable. So Martin Luther thought, this is a useless book. Why even open it? Now, you can understand, as I said, why he might come to that belief. When you read this book, even today, we have these things, and it's easier for us to read it, because when we get some of these chapters back here, it's like, and I'll be doing this, and I know you will be, pick up the headlines. We're in the time where this is being in the headlines. This is where we live. And it wasn't there 200 years ago. It wasn't there 100 years ago. So it's much easier. Others approach this book as God desires to learn what Jesus is going to speak to us about our future and why we're going to go through this book verse by verse. Now, Satan wants to keep people from reading this book. Why would you think that is? Well, think about it. What do we find in the book of Revelation about Satan? One, we get a description of hell and what unsaved people will go to. Do you think Satan wants people to read that? We also see in this book what happens to Satan. His end. Satan hates for people to realize he's already defeated. Some of you like murder mysteries, and you spoil it by going to the back of the book. <laughs> We're at the back of the book. We know the outcome. And the other thing that Satan hates is that Jesus is revealed as the triumphant coming king. So what does that mean? Satan tries to keep people from this book. And he's done a very good job. But it's an awesome book, because it reveals Jesus Christ in all the future. What you have in front of you tonight is not some bizarre book. What you have in front of you tonight is God's mind to us. It is 100% God-proof, and it's to us. Now, not only does this book reveal Jesus, but it, it's going to reveal to us all the future of the world. One of the things I'm praying for as we go through the book of Revelation, and I'm going to do it tonight, I'm going to give an altar call at the end of our teaching. Because the Bible says if Jesus is lifted up, he'll draw men to you. So invite unbelievers. Invite people who aren't right with God. Let me tell you why I'm doing that. Because we never know when our day will end. You say, well, I'm pretty sure I've got a lot of years. Why will I give altar calls? Because if God speaks to your heart, today is the day of salvation. You see, we're totally deceived into thinking we're all going to live just forever and ever and ever and ever. I'm not saying that you're going to go out tomorrow and half of you are going to die. That's foolish. I would never say that. But I'm saying to you tonight, you do not know, and neither do I. So, that's why the Bible says, make sure you're calling election today. So often we'll do this. Now, blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it, Take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. This verse is the first of seven special blessings in the book of Revelation.
Now, God intended this book, number one, to be read. So it's good to read it. Now, in those days, obviously, the scripture was read publicly. You didn't have your own Bible. You had to read it. It was read out loud by the pastor teacher. What a privilege it is today for you and I to have Bibles. So one of the things you can do, we'll finish chapter one. Just read it out loud at home. It's good. Just, just read it to yourself. Then secondly, it has to be heard. Over and over in the Bible, you hear Jesus say this. He who has ears, it's not like, oh, wait a minute, I, I have ears. That's not what he's saying. Pretty much all of us have ears. What he's saying is, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. That's another reason I give altar calls. Because if you're an unbeliever tonight, if you've never come to Jesus Christ, these things might make logical sense to you, but they will make no spiritual sense at all. That's what the Bible tells us. So when we have ears tonight, we have to have a soft heart. Our dog, like yours probably, has great hearing, but it's selective. <laughs> when she's ready to come in, she comes in. When not, it's like, hello, what's happening? We don't want to be like that. We want to hear what God is saying. We want to be teachable. Not only that, but I must be read, must be heard, but last, it must be obeyed. See, in this context, the main idea is personal application. Now, we can read this book together. You can hear it, but I cannot obey for you. Now, the minute you see, and this is very important, because some people say, well, this, this book can't be a practical book. There can't be anything practical in the book of Revelation. What are you talking about? What does it say here? I need to read it. I need to hear it. Then I need to do what? Do it. Obey it. So automatically that tells us this is a practical book. It is a book to be obeyed. You see, you can't do just one of those and be blessed. And two of those and be blessed. You have to do all three. You have to obey that. So that means the more we see who Jesus is, and Revelation will reveal that to us, the more we'll know God, the more we'll trust Him with the fu our future, the more we trust God, the more we know He's in control of tomorrow, the more content we are, the happier we are. The happiest people in all the world are those who read the Bible, believe the Bible, obey the Bible, and have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's the joy of living. I know no matter what. If I go out tonight, start the car, it doesn't start, I die in my car, hey, it's okay, because I know where I'm going. That's what the book's about. It's making it to heaven. Now, not only is it a practical book, but it is a book about prophecy. And that's why many of us are here. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this what? Prophecy. The words of this prophecy. So it's not just a book about Jesus and practical living. It's certainly a book about predictions. Now, let me just say a couple things to you quickly. As we go through the book, I will present what I believe the scripture is teaching. And those of you who have been coming here any period of time at all know that I am perfect. <laughs> that woke you up. No. The Bible says something very interesting to us. The Bible says this. Paul says it. We see through a glass darkly. You see, there's some things in here. I'll get to parts of the Bible. Some of these areas in here, and I'm going to have to say to you, here's what I think it means, but I, I really don't know what it means. There may be other parts I'll get to, and I'll have to say this to you. I don't have a clue what it means. Is that embarrassing? No, it's not embarrassing. You see, if you pretend to be a person that knows it all, already we discount you, because that's not possible. It is impossible. 
There's scholars that study these books their entire lives. And as you know, and you may be in this group tonight, I know there's some, you're going to have differing views as we go through. That's okay. And here's what I wrote. Many wonderful Christians differ in their views about sections of this book. They will be in heaven with us, not because of their right or wrong views on this book, but because they've accepted Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior and are following Him in their daily walk. So, don't get bent out of shape. Don't let what God wants to do... You know, when the traffic drives by tonight, they must think we're announcing the lotto numbers or something. <laughs> let them think it, man. Come on in, right? Come on down. That's what we're going to say to them. Don't get upset as we go through the thing. Just relax. Be teachable. Nobody has it all together. But I obviously am going to teach what I believe is there. When we come to those parts, and I don't know, I'll just tell you. Maybe you'll have a different opinion, then that's fine. The focus is on Jesus and what he does. So don't be, let's enjoy this book as we go through it. Don't get depressed and go, oh man, you know, we're going to be in heaven together. We're just going to go a little sooner and they're coming with us. They just don't know it and things like that. So <laughs> whatever. No, no, there's lots of wonderful people out there. Don't be like this reporter. There was a car involved in a terrible accident. As one might expect, a crowd immediately gathered. In that crowd was a newspaper reporter pushing and shoving and struggling to get near the car because he wanted the exclusive story. He was frustrated, but being a clever person, he started shouting loudly, Let me through! Let me through! I'm the son of the victim! The crowd made way for him. Lying in front of the car that had the accident was a donkey. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. I'm a son of the victim. All right. I won't say any more than that. There's a three-letter word, but we'll go right on now. <laughs> what are we going to study when we go through the book of Revelation? Here's some of the topics. The rapture of the church. The judgment of tribulation for seven years. We're going to see a new rule, a new world ruler, new economic system. We're going to see who the 144,000 are. A little clue. They are not Jehovah's Witness. We're also going to see what role they actually play. We're going to see why the new temple is being built or going to be built in Jerusalem. We're going to see the emergence and ultimate destruction of Babylon. We're going to see the final battle, the battle of Armageddon. And guess who's going to be there? If you don't know, you're going to be excited. We're going to see the second coming of Jesus. We're going to see what the thousand-year millennium what God says about heaven and the new world. I put behind all of that, wow, it's going to be exciting. Verse 4. To the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before the throne. Now the number seven, we're going to see in, in Revelation 54 times. So get ready. The, the number seven means this, completeness and fullness. It does not mean perfection. So be careful. Because when you see seven with seven, Satan with seven heads, you kind of call him perfect, you have to be careful. So it means completeness and fullness. It means the number of totality. When Jesus, when God finished creating the earth, he, seven days was equal to one week. Seven colors in the rainbow. When we sit down at a piano, there are seven notes on a scale. So it represents completeness. So what is the seven churches, which we'll have more to speak about in chapters 2 and 3, what do they have to do with? Well, these are selected churches that were suffering churches. They were actually in Asia Minor, 
So these seven churches, there's many more churches obviously in John's day, but these represent completeness. They represent the churches then and they represent the whole church age, which we're going to be talking about. Now, then he goes on, notice in that verse 4, he gives us this wonderful greeting about the Godhead. He says, grace and peace to you. That is the order that always takes place in our lives. First, we receive by faith God's wonderful grace. No one deserves to be a Christian. Then God fills us with his peace. Do you know that's what the world is looking for tonight? And that's why I encourage you to get an extra tape of this and give it to someone at work who isn't a Christian. Let them begin listening to the book of Revelation as we go through it. People are looking for peace, but there is no peace tonight outside of the Prince of Peace, who is Jesus Christ. Now, as you go through this book, you'll understand there is absolutely, and let me make this very clear, there is absolutely no reason to be afraid of the future. Knowing God's program for the future gives us total peace. When you go home and lay your bed, your head down tonight on the pillow, just relax. God's in control. We are offered God's grace and peace as we study this book. Now in verse 4 through 6, John unveils Jesus as deity. And he presents him as part of the Trinity, the Godhead. Notice, God the Father, from him who is and who was and who is to come. So this is the eternal presence of God. Not limited by time, as we told you already. He's always be present. He's always been present. Always will be there in the future. This is the eternal God. Then there's a strange one. The seven spirits before his throne. And I won't ask you to turn to it, but right behind that verse, write Isaiah 11.2. This is the sevenfold ministry of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 11.2, and I'll read it to you tonight. It says this, The Spirit of the Lord, one, will rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom, two. And the Spirit of understanding, three. The Spirit of counsel, four. Of power, five. Spirit of knowledge, six. And the Spirit of fear, seven, of the Lord. So seven here, the seven spirits, doesn't mean there's seven Holy Spirit. It refers to the completeness or the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now why? Normally we do God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Why do we do here God the Father, God the Spirit, and then God the Son? Well, most commentators believe the reason is because this whole focus of this book is about who? Jesus. So it leaves Jesus last and explains it. Verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. So this is the Jesus Christ, and we see here in this, in these next couple verses, two sets of threes. You want to take notes on them? The first one is this. Jesus Christ was a faithful witness. Now that word witness is a very familiar term. If you read the book of Acts, it's the word martyr. So what does it mean to be a faithful witness? Well, what was Jesus, one of the main roles of Jesus? He was to come to this earth to give us a picture of who? God. So he's a faithful witness of who? God the Father. Because we have no idea what God looks like. God doesn't come down to this earth. He sent his son to be a representative of him. And one day, one of the disciples said, Man, show us God and, and we'll be happy. And Jesus said, Hello. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Today we heard about how Satan wants to keep us from the book of Revelation because it reveals to unsaved people their destiny, Satan's final defeat, and Jesus as the triumphant king. 
As Pastor Mark said, this book is meant to be read, heard, and obeyed. It's a book of prophecy. It's also a book that makes many references to the Old Testament, clearly showing how the whole word is relevant to our lives. Facebook and Twitter have become a regular part of our everyday lives, and we want to be sure to encourage you to check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information about everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll conclude this first look at Revelation and consider who John is writing this letter to. We will also look at some other passages of Scripture that will confirm what's written in the last book. Pastor Mark will encourage us to relax as we go through this sometimes complicated book. Remember that it's all about Jesus and He is always in control. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Revelation. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 